I'm Brent McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, week one of the fall TV season is behind us. I'm Jeff Braun, so we're moving on to preview week two. And the latest adventure in the Marvel Cinematic Universe comes home. First, it's the news from the couch. Once somebody's convicted, they have to move mountains to get out of prison. When you're fighting for your innocence and you need the truth out, it takes time. That's a little promo Netflix released this week announcing the return of the documentary series Making a Murderer. The series debuted over Christmas break back in 2015 and everyone went nuts for it. It was about a man who was wrongfully convicted of murder. After 18 years behind bars, Stephen Avery was proven innocent. He gets out of jail and almost immediately is arrested as the prime suspect in the murder of another woman. He says he was framed and once we meet the local Wisconsin Police Department in his neck of the woods, we're inclined to believe him. Stephen Avery spent 18 years in prison for something he didn't do. 18 years. 18 years. DNA had come through indicating that he had not committed the crime. Law enforcement officers realized that they had screwed up big time. I did tell them, be careful. They are not even close to being finished with you. Do we have a body or anything yet? I don't believe so. We have Stephen Avery in custody though. Are you kidding me? Avery went to jail, as did his nephew Brendan Dacey. The documentary makes a good case on both sides of the story, but leans a bit more towards Avery's side, as his lawyers are very likable, while the police officers and district attorney in that Wisconsin county leave a lot to be desired. It's a fascinating story, all the more heartbreaking for everyone involved because it is a true crime story, and the story's still playing out. Indeed, since the show first debuted, there have been updates on the legal cases involved. I won't spoil them now, since the show's coming back and they'll probably be part of it, making a murderer too drops on Netflix October 19th. The disappearance of Teresa Halbach remains a mystery. Mr. Avery's blood is found inside of Teresa Halbach's vehicle. Steve, everybody's listening. What do you want to say today? I'm listening. Everything I've heard him say hasn't been the truth. It was extraordinarily disturbing. We went through this 20 years ago, and we're going through it now again. In this criminal justice system, Good luck. You are probably the most dangerous individual ever to set foot in this courtroom. The truth always comes out. If we don't do what we love, then we wouldn't exist. Damn kid. The unmistakable voice of Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa and Michael B. Jordan reprising the role of Adonis Creed, son of Apollo Creed from the 2015 movie Creed, which was excellent. This week, MGM unveiled the second trailer for Creed 2. Looks like nothing really matters to him right now, including me. You gotta think real hard about this. You got people that need you now. I'm taking the fight. Ooh, dramatic. Who's he gonna fight? Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. 
That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. That's right, the son of Apollo Creed is taking on the son of Ivan Drago. Victor Drago is played by real-life Romanian boxer Florian Montinu, who is a big man, 6'4", and hulking muscle. During filming, he accidentally punched Jordan for real, gave him a left hook, and Jordan took it! In the movie, they make Victor Drago out to practically be the Antichrist, and no one is happy with Adonis for taking the fight. It's not just us anymore, Dave. I want to rewrite history. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. Dolph Lundgren is back in the role of Ivan Drago, and he does not look happy to see Rocky when they finally come face to face. Back in 2015, when I saw the first trailer for Creed, I blew it off, thinking it would suck. Turns out it was amazing, so hopefully they do not screw up this sequel. Creed 2 arrives in theaters November 21st. Now you know what you're fighting for. Round after round, you learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. You think you can fix me? You are not broken. The mind is a fragile thing. It takes only the slightest tap to tip it in the wrong direction. Charles, what did you do? I had to keep her stable. I protected her. From the truth? another word for that. The first trailer has arrived for the latest X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix, based on one of the most beloved storylines in comic book history. The X-Men must face their most formidable and powerful foe, one of their own. I came looking for answers. You feel like you don't belong here. You don't. They can't begin to comprehend what you are. She's changing. And what? You didn't come here looking for answers. You came here looking for permission. Jean. The Dark Phoenix storyline was sort of adapted for the big screen in 2006's X-Men The Last Stand when Famke Jensen played the character in question, Jean Grey. The adapted storyline was not well received, nor was the movie. Although, I'll go on record as saying, I don't mind that movie. In this new one, Jean Grey is played once again by Sophie Turner, reprising the role from 2016's X-Men Apocalypse, which was terrible. Sophie Turner, by the way, best known as Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones. Jean Grey has telepathic and telekinetic abilities, and in this movie and in the comics, she's nearly killed during a rescue mission in space when she is hit by a mysterious cosmic force, and when she goes home, this cosmic force makes her super powerful, but it also makes her darker. She's warm. 
rage. Pain. That's all coming out at once. Jean lost control, but she's still our friend. This is your fault, Charles. The world is on the brink. I'm sorry, I didn't stop it sooner. You're always sorry, Charles, and there's always a speech, and nobody cares. It's funny when you look at the cast to see how their star power has changed. When X-Men First Class debuted in 2011, the likes of Jennifer Lawrence, James McAvoy, and Michael Fassbender were all just up-and-comers. Now they're all bona fide stars, and the supporting cast is nothing to sneeze at either. Jessica Chastain, Nicholas Holt, Evan Peters, and Olivia Munn. I've got high hopes for this film, not only because I like the Dark Phoenix saga from the comics, but I just like the X-Men, and I want them to have a better movie than that last one. Dark Phoenix opens February 14th, 2019. They're right to fear me. I've seen evil. And I'm looking at it now. So you're the kid who's been sending me those articles from the school newspaper. What do you like, the star of your school? They hate me. This is Rolling Stone magazine. We got a couple copies of your stories. I think you should be writing for us. We can only pay, let me see, $700. I'll write a grant. I love Cameron Crowe, and one of his best is 2000's Almost Famous, a fictionalized version of the chapter of his real life when he wrote for Rolling Stone magazine as a teenager in the 70s. The film follows young William, played by Patrick Fugit, as he tags along with rock band Stillwater on their tour. Billy Kudup and Jason Lee play some of the band members, while Kate Hudson plays a groupie. How old are you? 17. Me too. Actually, I'm 16. Me too. Isn't it funny? The truth just sounds different. I'm 15. Antics and life lessons ensue. Crow won an Oscar for the movie's screenplay, and he may next win a Tony for it because he's turning it into a stage play. If you're going to be a true journalist, you cannot make friends with a rock star. They're going to fly you places for free. You're going to meet girls. Oh, God, it's going to get ugly. I am telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to. Crow announced this week he's working on a musical theater adaptation with composer Tom Kitt. He says he's been developing it for the past couple of years, and he hopes to bring it to Broadway, but that has not yet been finalized. Stay tuned, and in the meantime, give Almost Famous a rewatch. It still stands up. Rock stars have kidnapped my son. I am a golden god! I have to go home. You are home. Oh, man. You made friends with them. Well, it was fun. Because they make you feel cool. And hey, I met you. You are not cool. That is the news from the couch, and I know you're a big Cameron Crow fan. Yeah. I don't know that I can name a single one of his films oh, that I've he... seen. I oh, really? I, then I, I, don't, I don't say that to be disrespectful. No, no, I no. just... Uh, say anything? No, I don't think I ever saw that. Singles? When you were in high school? No. Jerry Maguire? Yes. Boom! Okay. Jerry Maguire. We bought a zoo? No. Oh, you should check that one out. <laughs> is that the one? Uh, is... With Matt Damon, where he buys a zoo. Oh, okay. What other movies? Did he do the one with uh, Legolas, a tennis movie or whatever? Yeah, Elizabeth Wimbledon? Town. Elizabeth Town. Oh, is Wimbledon a 
that's, the Allen movie? That's yeah, and that's Jonathan Rice Myers. Oh, okay. Okay, then that's but, the one I saw. I didn't see the, the one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I saw the one with Legolas. <laughs> Up next, we'll tell you about a really big slash little hero who is coming to home video. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And Brett, we got to go to the corrections department immediately because we screwed something up so royally it's not even funny. Uh-oh. You said Wimbledon, and we decided that was the Woody Allen movie. The Woody Allen movie is called Match Point. Oh, okay. So starring Jonathan Rice Myers and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Wimbledon is directed by a guy named Richard Longcrane. He did a Band of Brothers. It stars Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst. Okay, yes, yeah. And Kirsten Dunst co-stars in Cameron Crowe's Elizabeth Town with Orlando Bloom. <laughs> so that's the movies right there. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, hey. Uh, yeah, there we go. Good for you for putting that pe- those pieces together yeah. in a couple of minutes. I would have uh, woke up in a cold sweat tonight if because it would have popped in my head while I was sleeping. Match Point is the movie that I did see, though, there and I remember enjoying that. So, yeah. all right, kind of want to watch that again now that there I think of it. Now we can move on to something else. How about uh, what's new on home video? We unleashed something powerful. The only chance we've got is together. There is another person I can think of. What's up? Maybe I'm doing it wrong. What's up? What's up? You have no idea what I'm capable of. She just wanted to give me a hug. Wish me luck. Really? Yeah. Wish I had a suit. Even with like minimal powers. Or maybe even just a suit with no powers. No. Ant-Man and the Wasp starring Michael Pena. Uh, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, and... Uh some other people are also in it, but Michael Pena steals these Ant Man movies. It was uh, one of the it was one of the highlights of the summer for sure. Yeah, I got to get on that and see that. I still haven't seen Solo, so I have a list of movies that I failed to go see over the summer, and I'm really actually mad at myself for Ant Man and the Wasp because this is the movie that would strike me as being really good in 3D, especially just big screen too. I really really enjoyed that first Ant Man. Yeah. The, the visual effects were very unique. I think we hadn't really ever seen anything like that. So. Uh, yeah, and I got to get on that. And yeah. I just like uh, Kate from Lost. Yeah, she's good. He's good. Uh, everyone's good in this. Um, Michael Douglas is in it, and you don't see him do like real. Like he's it's a lot of comedy in this movie. You don't see a guy do a lot of comedy. Period. So that's kind of neat to see. It's just a yeah, it's a lot of fun. Overall. I still one of my the one of the promos they did for the first movie. Uh, do you remember where it was just Paul Rudd and and Michael Douglas like like they were just slapping their hands and their legs, and Michael <laughs> Douglas just kept saying ants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ants, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ant Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have it handy, but uh, uh, hang on, maybe I can just find it here. Oh, here it is. You got it. Yeah. Ants. <laughs> Ants. Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the most bizarre commercial I've ever but seen. But it made sense film. at the time because nobody knew what Ant-Man was. You know yeah. what I mean? Like now we've seen one already and he's been in some of these other Avenger movies and whatnot. So it, now we've got a relationship with him. But that first one, it was just like, what? There's a movie called Ant-Man? What, what's that supposed to be? What's coming up? Blu-ray and uh, DVD and on demand. Uh, that's on digital HD and on Blu-ray, Some a couple of movies that are much less fun than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Sicario, Day of the Soldado and The First Purge. So The First Purge, this is the prequel to the Purge movies. There right. were three Purge movies and now the prequel. the prequel. For those not familiar, The Purge is about a, a reimagined United States where one for one night a year, 
all crime is allowed. Anything goes. And I feel like they've... I would leave the country for that day. Yeah, I know. I would be horrible. But I I feel like they they have always missed an opportunity with these movies because it's a fascinating premise. But instead of really sort of doing an examination of call whether it's society or psychology they just kind of tell these straight up thriller movies which is fine they're fun but they're never great yeah waste of a really cool premise yeah and a cool premise is hard to come by as we especially in the horror movie genre because so much of it's just the same but i would like to see this one because i have enjoyed the movies despite the fact that they've always kind of left me a little disappointed you know they're they're fun but kind of forgettable movies what about sicario 2 day of the soldado sicario day of the soldado was sicario day of the disappointment for me don't get me wrong, this is not a bad film, but compared to the first one, yeah. which is one of like which is a classic, right. I think. This is subpar. So it's okay, it's good. It's just it's so far cast in the shadow of the first one that uh it's I it think almost it makes pointless. you wonder why they bothered doing it. It was pointless, really. Up next, the fall TV season continues, including one about a TV show with somebody who becomes friends with the Almighty. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're taking a look at the second week of the fall TV preview. There were almost 50 new shows, new and returning shows last week. This week, not quite as many, but still quite a few to get through. And let's start with this Sunday, a new show. It's a doozy. It's called God Friended Me. I thought I had it all figured out, but then... I got a friend request from God. <laughs> what? You're being catfished by God. Are you okay? I think you just saved my life. I don't know who's behind this. Thank you. But why they chose me. But let me get to the bottom of this. The CTV show is, well, about a guy in New York who gets a friend request on his social media from God. And then God sends him DMs telling him about people he needs to save. The dude's also an atheist, but not for long, I guess. It looks very silly and not on purpose. It just smacks of network executives demanding a show that heavily involves social media. And Brett, I'm going to call this one Cancelled by Christmas. There it is. Haven't heard that prediction in a while. God friended me. On the other hand, Sunday sees the return of several shows that will never die. I'll use one of those shows to tee up two other shows, starting with this. Hans Mole Man Productions presents Man Getting Hit by Football. <laughs> this contest is over. Give that man the $10,000. This isn't America's Funniest Home Videos. But the ball is growing. It works at so many levels. Roll it again. Yes, here it is. The pizza we love so much. Yeah, America's Funniest Home Videos back for season 29. The current host is Alfonso Ribeiro. Sunday also sees the return of this. Hi, Mike Wallace. I'm Wally Saber, <laughs> and I'm Ed Bradley. All this and Andy Rooney tonight on 60 Minutes. <laughs> 60 Minutes back for season 
51, Brett. Can you even imagine that? Incredible. Yeah. And by now you figured out one of the other long t- long-running returners is The Simpsons. Back for season 30. It's also season 17 of Family Guy, season 9 of Bob's Burgers, and season 10 of NCIS Los Angeles. Navy cops investigating stuff in Get L.A. There, right? and New Orleans and... Regular. Well, yeah. Where's the first one? Is it, uh, I don't San Diego, know. I think. It is was. it set in yeah, San Diego? Yeah. they got a big Navy base there. Okay, cool. Two new shows debuting Monday night, both of them on Global, starting with The Neighborhood. The Butlers have lived here for decades. This is a black neighborhood built to celebrate what makes this neighborhood special, which is me. But this Monday, we're looking for the Johnsons. Dave Johnson, nice to meet you. <laughs> a new family is moving in. This is our son, Grover. Grover? Grover Johnson. Cedric the Entertainer and Max Greenfield. Uh, hi, I'm Marty Butler. My parents told me you just moved in. and <laughs> So it's a black neighborhood, and then a white family moves in. Guy at the end was laughing because it's a black neighborhood, and a white family moved in. Good cast. Cedric the Entertainer and Max Greenfield. Max Greenfield played Schmidt on New Girl. Although I just can't help but feel both of their talents will be wasted on a network sitcom. Greenfield in particular, who was dynamite as the crazy character Schmidt. Now he's just playing a dorky dad. And let me rephrase that because New Girl was also a network sitcom, but this is the more traditional yeah, CBS, yeah, yeah. multi-camera, right. whereas New Girl was the the single... Or no, part. Is yeah, that yeah. right? Single camera? Yep. Okay, yeah. So now he's just playing a dorky dad. Also, did you notice in that promo how they only referred to Cedric the Entertainer and Max Greenfield? I did. The show also stars Beth Bears, who uh-huh. starred in Two Broke Girls for six seasons. She was one of the two broke girls. She, she was one of the leads. Yeah. It, and that was a CBS show. This is a CBS show, and they don't even bother putting her name in the promo. Like, what year is this? That's just so backwards. <laughs> it makes bizarre. me, like, viscerally angry. Yeah, that's weird. That uh, they completely ignore her. So that just ma- that alone makes me not want to watch this show. But if you want to watch it, it's on Monday Night on Global. Long run, long run she might be better off. They don't associate her name with that. Yeah, that's true. I, I predict that that show... Well, you know what? It's tough go because CBS... No, I'm not going to make that prediction. they don't pull the plug that quick. No, they don't. They they are reluctant. Even their most awful shows tend to last two seasons like uh, Kevin Can Wait. Or 10 or 12 seasons like uh, some men and a half I could mention. <laughs> also new on Monday on Global, another new comedy also starring a new girl alum, Damon Wayans Jr. This one's called Happy Not Happy Endings, which oh, is another one of his shows... On. Happy together. Next episode starts in 10 seconds. Should we watch this next episode? Or should we do what we normally do? Unload the dishwasher? Jake's an accountant to the stars. That's Cooper James! And this fall, his work's coming home. The paparazzi are after me. Is it possible that I crash here till it all dies down? Everybody talking about Cooper James' mystery lady. Look at this email from our pastor. Can you get me concert tickets or was this a hit it and quit it situation? Together, Mondays this fall. It's about a 30-something couple, happy with their quiet life when a rock star client shows up and moves in with them and helps them remember their younger, cooler selves. On Wednesday, October 3rd, Season 2 of SEAL Team debuts on Global. Spin, spin me around, take off the I lied. Are you just going to keep punishing me for that? Someone died. And season 14 of Criminal Minds on CTV. He's taken Reed and Garcia. On October 3rd. I will die before I help you. TV's number one suspense thriller. Oh, it's now an easy. Is back. 
We stand beside one another through good, through bad, because we're family. What did they want? I don't know how to do this without them. No one's ever going to find you. On Thursday, October 4th, NBC has a new comedy called I Feel Bad. Mama's running off to work. Fancy career lady abandoning her kids. I never know what I'll feel bad about. It's always just around the corner. My friends and I are going to do dancing. Oh my God, is he motorboating her? You like it when I... Oh God, are we wearing the same jean jacket? I thought you were your mother. What? Just in how you look and act and where you carry your weight. This is the worst day of my life. The dad in that one is played by a guy named Brian George, who is Babu Bot on Seinfeld. Also, our boss really likes that show. I was talking with him about it. He likes this one, I feel bad? Yeah. He saw it in advance. Ah, yes, that's right. Because he's the boss. That's right. Well, I think, too, they, they may have already aired an episode of this in a preview fashion, but it does look funny. Also, Thursday, Superstore is back on Global. I feel like I really missed the boat by not watching that Same one. Same here. I might catch up to that one day. I wonder if they should put the preview seasons on the on the flicks, as I call it. Yeah, because the uh, it's critically acclaimed, and anybody who watches it says it's great. Will & Grace is back on Global. That's for its second season of its revival and then station 19 is back on ctv i think that's the sexy firefighter sexy seattle fire it's a gray's anatomy spinoff or whatever oh it is yeah so they can take their fire victims to the hospital i guess i think they were going to call it seattle fire but they couldn't do that given there's a chicago fire on tv so all right that was thursday moving on to friday one of my favorite new shows from last year returns for season two on netflix it's called big mouth what's going on It's our hormone monsters! Maury, what are you doing? It's not for me! Holy smokes! It's a reckoning, Missy! They've come for It's an animated show voiced by Nick Kroll and John Mulaney about two 12-year-old boys embarking on the greatest journey of their young lives, puberty. It is extremely foul-mouthed, but extremely funny. I highly recommend it. Also on Friday, another one of my faves moves to its new night for the season 5 premiere of Fresh Off the Boat, and it's weird that ABC moved it to Friday from Tuesday, considering the star of the show, Constant Wu, just had a huge hit movie as the star of Crazy Rich Asians. You'd think they'd give it a better time slot. I don't know. Uh, it's not alone on Friday's though, Speechless moving along with it along with season 2 of Fred Savage's sitcom Child Support and the Sci-Fi Channel's Z Nation is also back for its first fifth season. And yeah, that one uh, that one probably airs on Space in Canada. Sorry, I forgot to um, forgot to adjust the list to reflect the Canadian network. Oh. And Do yeah, we don't was... get Sci-Fi? No. Thought... Oh, okay. Yeah, we get Space. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see them move both Fresh off the boat and speechless because typically the move to Friday means it's the beginning of the end. Exactly. That's where shows tend to go to die. Although MacGyver does well on Friday. Uh, Blue Bloods does very well on Friday. It's been there forever. Uh, But yeah, those don't strike me as... Well, I guess TGIF. What channel was that? Was that ABC? Yeah. But those were... I guess these are family-oriented shows as well. Yeah. But I just... I guess everything's a little edgier than those old TGIF shows were at the time. Which was... I mean, wasn't that Full House and uh, Family, Family Matters? Matters? Yeah. Probably, I feel like, Perfect Strangers, maybe, for a bit. I can't remember now. We'll have to go. We'll have to double check that. Uh, you know what? We'll do that. I don't need to get in that time machine. 
<laughs> well, I am definitely curious now, so we'll try to figure that out. And Jeff's going to tell you what he thinks of the new Magnum P.I. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. And before we move on here, just want to quickly revisit what we were talking about in our previous segment, TGIF, ABC. I did a quick Google on it, and indeed, Perfect Strangers was in there for a time. But there was an exhaustively long page on Wikipedia that <laughs> sort of traces its roots back to the 1950s. So I abandoned oh it. Gosh. So I can't. <laughs> uh, but Family Matters, Full House, and Perfect Strangers were definitely in there at some point in right the on. late 80s and I guess early 90s. Cool. So let's talk about week one of the fall season. Yeah. I watched one uh, one new show and uh, just to see what it was like. And, uh, it was uh, Magnum P.I. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Sure you want to go? Thanks, but I'd rather not watch you get eaten by a shark today. Wouldn't be me. They go for the white meat first. <laughs> Time to go. Magnum P.I. New CBS Mondays this fall. Of course, it's a reboot of the 80s classic starring Tom Selleck, which was one of my favorites and still holds up. If you ever see a rerun of Magnum P.I., give it a watch because it's actually a pretty good show still. Really? It's paced a little bit slower than what we're used to in TV, but it's uh, Tom Selleck is terrific in it. And the new one, the new Magnum, Jay Hernandez, is also pretty terrific. They do voiceover in both uh, series, which is sort of different than a lot of cop shows. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it's kind of funny and clever kind of voiceover, which really helps a lot. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, the guy, you remember, we talked about Happy Endings. Yeah. Remember Dave? Dave Rose on Happy Endings? Yep. He's in this one. Zachary Knighton, he plays Rick. A uh, lady named per- Perdita Weeks, who I've not known before, plays Higgins. Higgins was the dude in the other one. It's a lady in this one. And a guy named Stephen Hill plays TC, the chopper pilot. Still has the same kind of chopper, same paint job as the old 80s really? chopper. Yeah, it looks cool. And they even, it, the credits opened with the same shot of the chopper diving down. Oh, is, wow. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Han from the Fast and the Furious movies is in it. He plays a Hawaiian detective. And then there was one guy in their core group of friends in this one, in the, in the pilot. And spoilers for the pilot coming up. Minor spoilers. There's a guy with the rest of the gang, same, just pals with them. He's in their group. And it was a guy that played Herc in The Wire or Dom and Entourage. That guy. And I was like, that guy is way too famous to be a regular on this show that we didn't know about, and sure enough, 20 minutes later, we've realized he won't be a regular. He won't be coming back at all. And it sort of just sort of kicked off the series. Really? It's just one of those things that drives me nuts. And it's a, you know, it's a bit of a couch potato thing when you watch too much TV. Yeah. That certain guest stars, when you spot them in things, you know what's about to happen. <laughs> Either they're going to die right away or they're going to be the bad guy. Yeah. Every single time. For like sure. on those cop shows and NCIS when, oh, let's go to the store and interview the, the manager at the hardware store. And it's like... I don't, Benjamin Bratt or something like that. It's like, oh, I think this guy will be coming back towards the end of the episode again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You don't bring in a heavy, a <laughs> B-list heavy hitter. Exactly. But no, overall, uh, I thought it was a, it was a good enough uh, debut. Like I said, I, I'm not holding out hopes that it'll be as good as the original. I just want a fun cop show to watch once a week where I don't have to think too much. That's got some nice scenery and, of course, shot in Hawaii. This has the best scenery on the planet. And, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to see what else they can do with Magnum. Hopefully it sort of lives up to its potential and keeps me going for a little while. Did you watch the uh, first episode of Survivor. No, I wanted to. I had uh, plumbing issues at my place that had to be dealt with, and I missed it. And it's uh, sitting there on the PVR ready to go. You're talking about your kitchen sink kind of plumbing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, well, it, it, I'll just quickly say then that it was very good. Yeah. It had a v- dramatic ending, uh, something we have never quite seen before. 
in Survivor, I think. You'll understand when you see it. Although I, I felt a little deceived by the, the description that was on my PVR talking about a cyclone that arrives. But anyway, that's, I guess that's all I can really say if you <laughs> haven't watched it. But it was, it was good. The David versus Goliath gimmick works. Oh, really? As you pointed out, they will likely abandon it within three episodes. Yeah. Because that's what they do. But I guess if they can keep the teams, like it's not where one team is just laying waste to the other. Then yeah. hopefully they'll let this gimmick ride itself out a little bit. Yeah, they do sort of have to, you know, fly by the seat of their pants to some degrees, lest things get too upset. Yeah. So, and you didn't like last season at all, so you got no. much higher hopes for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I essentially gave up on last season. I abandoned it with five or six episodes to go. I was just watching it, and I remember sitting in my living room, I paused, and I thought, I don't care about a single person on this show. But, uh, yeah, I can't I can't honestly think of a new show this season that I'm really excited about. It's just the returning shows. This Is Us, for example, right. back this week, and I just finished watching season two i had three episodes of that left and you finished so i watched those three on tuesday and then season three started on tuesday but i didn't watch that uh, until the next day but the season two finale was left off on a couple of pretty solid cliffhangers oh yeah and now you don't have to wait three months to find out yeah and season three began with so now instead of we've got you know, because you know how they tell stories in the past and right. stories in the present. Well, now they're telling something, a future story. Oh, So they've got cool. the, the timelines all over the place, but they managed to weave it all together so nicely. Do they give them really super weird clothes for the future episodes? No. Okay. No, it's all pretty standard. Um, And another thing we just, did you finish watching Elementary yet? You still no, got I've got like 10 or 11, but I mean, I've been watching it on a consistent, like a fairly, because yeah, yeah. they had like 17 episodes yeah. of it. So I've been watching one episode every couple of days. That has been easily its best season so far i think yeah it's it's weird for a show i think it's season six is it not yeah something like that to find a sort of creative reboot uh that deep in the game is pretty sweet i, I don't know when it's coming back it will come back for another season they haven't said when oh good i'm looking forward to continuing to watch that that's all the time we have i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes you can find the podcast on google play music or itunes and remember if it requires getting up off the couch don't bother